Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. All right. Hey, everyone. My name is Lauren Brunslick, and I am your host of She Slays the Day podcast. If you haven't figured that out by now, you're not a quick one, are you? So we're going to start with our review. The subject of this review is Sense of Empowerment, and it's from Larissa5S, and it's just three words, real, raw, and funny. There's that damn word raw again. (laughs) You know, I was thinking about on a run the other day, this whole like raw thing because I was about to be um oh this sounds bad I'm not name dropping here I swear uh I was about to be interviewed um by the her story podcast for the WDC and earlier that day I'm like uh okay like just try and come across this is all in my head while I'm running like just try and come across like you have your shit together okay like I had just listened to a couple um of interviews and the women are just so like they have this this cadence and this calmness. And I'm like, yeah, try and be more like that. And I was wondering, like, I wonder if as I talk more and more in life, um, if that rawness will become more refined. But I don't know. I've been talking for a long time now. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It might just stay raw. I hope it does. Okay, so let's pray. And then we will dive into today's subject. Dear God, hey, long time no see. Um, Yeah, I'll show up as a nicer version than me 10 minutes ago screaming at the person in front of me who cut me off. So help me be calm, help me be kind, um, and just help everyone listening to put aside their ego and take in whatever they need to get from this. Uh, thanks so much for bringing the women to this podcast who need to hear it and are getting something out of it. Please just continue to use me however you want. Like, I know I just get like five steps ahead of you and then you like rein me back in. You're like, Hey, that wasn't my plan. Um, so just continue to work through me and whatever you need me to do and say for them. Amen. 
Okay, so today's question um, comes from us uh, from a doc, and she says, Dear Lauren, I'm a new doc, one year into private practice. I specialize in women, pregnancy, postpartum, and pediatric populations. My question is in regards to how to overcome imposter syndrome as a newer doc and how to build confidence, not only when talking with patients, but when networking and co-managing with other medical professionals. Here's a little background. I graduated from Cleveland Chiropractic in August of 2017, had our second son in February 2018, and opened my practice in June 2018. My husband and I also have a four and a half year old son who has autism and sensory processing disorder. We are busy. I went into practice as part of a management group, but found quickly that it wasn't aligning with my vision for my practice, so I made the decision to figure out exactly what I wanted to do and who I wanted to see in my practice. Helping women, especially pregnant and postpartum, and children are what I absolutely love and fills my cup. We average around 50 patients per week right now, but have so much room to grow and people to serve. The first year has been very interesting and a huge learning curve, especially with the business side of the practice. I'm not sure if you've taken the Enneagram. Girl, I love the Enneagram, Uh, but I'm an Enneagram type two, so I tend to take care of everyone else's needs before my own. Oh, yeah, you're like the ones I relate to the least. (laughs) Just kidding. Kind of. I love you. Um, I also tend to overthink and overanalyze about things I say and do or not do, so in the office. Um, So for instance, if I have a patient who doesn't take or continue with the treatment plan, I tend to overthink it and come up with ways I could have done things differently. So with imposter syndrome, when situations like this arise, I can get into my head and sometimes say things to myself like, well, you are only a year out of school. You aren't as seasoned as the doc down the street. How much do I really know about this condition, etc.? I try very hard not to allow these thoughts and to chat with a colleague or to get centered in another way to remind myself that I have the skills and knowledge to diagnose and treat even the hardest patients, but it still happens. I do find that it comes across more often with men in my office, especially older men. Yep. And I will think to myself that they are probably not taking me seriously during my examination or report of findings, even if they totally are. Okay. So when I first read this, I was like, I had in my mind what imposter syndrome was. And I was like, no, this is an imposter syndrome. So I looked it up and I'll read it. And I don't know, we'll dive in. So imposter syndrome Um, is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Um, And I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know. And I also don't know you. Uh, So I don't know if this is actually what's happening, but we're going to kind of dive into those, both of those main realms, doubting your accomplishments and being exposed as a fraud. So if I wanted to like big air quotes, help you and give you some tips on how you could fight this imposter syndrome, I would say things like, um, you should practice power poses before going into an ROF. Um, Get your degrees, every single certification you've ever had and get them framed and hang them right behind you during an ROF. So when you're giving an ROF, they have to see all of your certifications. Um, Wear a white coat. Uh, Insist that they call you Dr. Whatever your last name is. And in fact, have your front desk person like only refer to you as that in the clinic. Um, And, you know, I said those in a really weird like tone, like those actually might be some kind of helpful things. 
But I think they're a short-term fix. I don't think they're actually going to fix, like, what is this deep-rooted silver, not silver lining, but, like, what's the thread through all of this that's actually um, surfacing for you? And plus, I feel like as a two, I don't think you would do well with a lot of those things. Maybe if you were a three or an eight, you could, like, get away with, like, doing power posing and, like, going in and being like, listen, dude go to hell. Um, but as a two and your desire to like help everyone, I don't think that would work well. So let's talk about doubting your accomplishments. Um, so are you feeling bad? I want to like kind of get this out of the way about your numbers. Um, because I personally think that your numbers are great for a year in, but it doesn't really matter. Um, what I think, could they be higher? Yes. Could they be lower? Yes. They're, you know, like, um, but I want you to honestly, because if that's a big issue, you won't find a solution until you realize that. So if you were seeing 200 a week, do you think, but you were still like, you still had the same exact family life, the same exact practice, the same exact training, the same exact amount of time in practice, like, so a year, would you still feel bad? Um, because if it's coming from this place of like, I really want higher numbers, you know, that there's nothing wrong with wanting higher numbers. But I'll tell you that like, that going into interacting with people and like in your practice with the idea of numbers will do some weird stuff with your head. Um, you kind of start to get desperate. And then when you're acting from a place of desperation, you it will um, definitely exaggerate those feelings of anxiety every single time you get rejection. Um, so, you know, if you can acknowledge that, simply acknowledge acknowledging that, that like, okay, I'm kind of just desperate. I'm feeling stagnant. Um, that will help you start to like kind of lift the veil on over analyzing and overweighing these like versions of rejection that you're seeing and not taking them on as like a bigger thing than just like, yeah, that dude didn't meld with my practice. Um, because your reaction to doubt. So like, I feel like if you're doubting your accomplishments, right, that's a big part of imposter syndrome. What I hear you saying in your head is what's wrong with me. And what I'd like you to do is try and switch that to what am I doing wrong? And they're, they're, they're slightly different, um, but majorly different because what's wrong with me really takes on and fully internalizes that rejection where what am I doing wrong? You can view yourself more almost like a scientist in a lab like, right, like we're dealing with people and these things gets very, very emotional. But just for a second, put yourself in a lab and you're trying to do something and it's failing. You don't start doubting yourself and being, you know, it's like you just got to try a different way, try a different way, try a different way. So start to switch that language. Um, you know, maybe you might need a scorecard. A lot of times when we get in this area where we're really overanalyzing our losses, most of the time these people are completely glazing over their successes. Um, so look at what you define as a loss, 
but then also look at what you define as a su success. Because I'm not telling you to not pay attention to your losses. Like, no, you want to grow, you want to do more, you want to help more people. So like, is a loss a um, an ROF that doesn't convert, a new patient who calls but doesn't get on, somebody who drops off? Like, those are probably all quote unquote losses, okay? And that's okay. Because when those happen, there's room for improvement and figure out what you're doing that that happened. That's great. I mean, I've been in practice nine years and I'm still doing that. But also figure out what your wins are. So if you have to take a no as an ROF, as a loss, you better start paying attention to all the yeses as well. Um, and you're more than likely heavily weighting the no's and that is not fair to your little heart in your brain. Um, a lot of times when we're looking at our own accomplishments, we're comparing them to other people's accomplishments. And what you need to realize is that most of us are just a bunch of scared little children frantically trying to figure it out on the fly. Um, we're just better liars uh, than you are, <laughs> like at least to the general public, I don't know. And especially if you're comparing yourself to the people you see um, on social media, giving speeches, writing books, putting their, themselves out there in our profession, we're all a bunch of threes and eights. I'm just gonna talk in this language because you know Enneagram. So like we're achievers and we like fly off power and this and that, like it doesn't make us more accomplished than you. It just means we're like more confident and cocky walking around doing things. Um, that's a really overgeneralization. I'm a three, so I'm talking more about myself. I don't know, somebody, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my first piece of hate mail now, yes. Um, so no, like you can't just, is that social media thing that we've been told we need to be careful of, of like, don't look at that chiropractor down the street even and go like, oh my gosh, they've accomplished so much more than me. Have they? Have they, have they actually? Like how many breech babies positioning the sacrum and uterus have they helped for that baby to turn? How many ear infections have, like, you don't know, they might be really good at what they do. And you, if you had all of that, you wouldn't be proud of that either. You'd be like, well, that's not the kind of accomplishments I'm looking for. So when it comes to comparing, it's just this dangerous road where everyone is always going to seem better. That's just the way we compare. We don't typically go like, oh, I'm so much better than that person. So when you get this doubt, you know, the doubting of the accomplishments, it doesn't mean you have to question like everything. Um, because I think that we think that people who have all of these accomplishments, um, it was easy because they figured something out that we didn't. Uh, but the reality is, is the people on the pedestal that you're like, gosh, they, if I had accomplished as much as they have, I would feel confident. Dude, they totally get rejected in ROS. I mean, if they're still in practice, they, even if they're not in practice, they didn't get asked to speak at that event that they wanted to. They still, the people that feel so good about themselves and they should still get turned down in ROF. So it really comes back to that false sense of like how much accomplishments is good enough before you can start feeling good about yourself. Um, really ask where this doubt is coming from. Because uh, again, this will help you figure out how to fix it. So do you need more communication skills? Like this is a normal thing that a lot of docs need. If you look at the number of books 
within the business category written on improving communication skills. There's thousands and thousands of books helping people communicate better because in general, we kind of suck at it. Um, and I don't know Cleveland Chiropractic, um, their curriculum very well, but I doubt that they took an entire semester to talk about communicating just communicating. Like most of us even suck communicating with our friends and our spouses. And then all of a sudden we're supposed to communicate with somebody that we met like 10 minutes ago and in a way that it resonates with them. Like I know my husband's love language is affirmations and I still get to his birthday and I'm like, what can I buy him? And I'm, he just wants me to communicate to him in a card and I don't want to do that because I'm bad at it. Um, so like if you feel like, no, 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 Lauren, I feel like I have the information in my head, I just don't know how to get it to them, then there are books, there are courses, there's so many things you can do. And that's a really normal thing. If you feel like you have it in your head, deep dive into like how to authentically communicate it to those people. If you don't feel like you have the the information in your head, you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing on some of these things. Just because I like pediatrics doesn't mean I feel like super confident or know what to do about a tongue tie or this or that. Then, girl, you're only a year in. Like um, Dr. Rosemary's conversation and I, I don't know what episode it was, a couple ago, uh, she was talking about how I think so many chiropractors think that everything they need to know they should have learned in chiropractic school. And I kind of had that false thought, too, of like, blame the school. Why didn't they teach? And it's like, no, 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 you got to keep going. You got to keep learning. So don't just hide behind like, shoot, I think everybody else knows how to do cranial work. And I'm just going to like poke around, like go to a seminar, watch a YouTube video from an accredited person, not just like some rando, um, you know, like just study up on it. Drop that ego that may be holding you back saying like, you have to keep learning. Ew, didn't you graduate? Like, no, we're all still learning. So like ditch that guy and just dive into like, what are the areas that you're interested in that you don't feel like you know very much on? Hey y'all. Okay. So many of you have probably listened to episode 10. Um, it's my most embarrassing one for sure. It's me bearing my soul on all my brokenness and body image issues. Um, and it's basically me coaching with Megan Sanvey, who is my personal fitness coach. Uh, so she is an amazing health coach that I've been using for months now to not just reshape my body. She is helping with that and workouts, uh, but really more of our work is coming in reshaping the way I think and interact with food, workouts, and my own body and the mirror. So, which, I mean, let's be honest, that's kind of the hardest part of it, that mental part. So she's been a godsend to me, and I want to share her with all of you. So all listeners of She Slays the Day podcast can get 20% off their first month with Megan. She's going to create customized nutrition plans tailored to your life that don't put anything off limits because um, that's not realistic for the rest of your life. She's going to do customized monthly workouts depending on what you're wanting to accomplish. For me, my goals are always based around getting a Beyonce booty. Uh, so my workouts have a lot of butt stuff in it. Uh, and she's going to do accountability check-ins, mindset hacks to help you overcome difficult situations, but also overcome the negativity that we've placed around food. 
she's been available to me 24 seven. Um, I have not messaged her at one in the morning, so I don't know. But so when I'm having a meltdown about the picture I looked bad in or that fifth piece of pizza that I had, and I'm starting to enter my old patterns of self-loathing and shame, she's been there for me. So all listeners to this podcast get 20% off their first month with Megan just by mentioning She Slays the Day in your first free intro call. So check out sheslayspodcast.com forward slash fierce for more information on Megan, her program, and how to connect with her. Okay, so if it does come back to the numbers, you know, we're going through like, where is this doubt coming from? We're going to kind of like touch on some of these sore subjects. Not, some of them may not be uh, relevant to you. So I'm just throwing out a bunch of stuff. Okay, if we were over coffee, this would be helpful, but you're not in front of me right now. Um, so if it comes back to the numbers, realize that the patient in front of you doesn't know how many people you're seeing. Um, and they also don't know what is good at all. Like literally... They might think that you see, you know, three people a day and that's a lot. Or they may say like, I don't know, like they don't have any concept of what is normal within the profession. So if it does come back to numbers, realize that like that's your thing and you got to get over that. But the person in front of you doesn't care. Um, Okay, this is a really sensitive one. I have to bring it up, though, because it is a little bit of my own story. So I'm not going to put it on you. So don't get don't get offended here. Okay. Okay. so you mentioned that you have a child that has ADHD and sensory, pro- or sorry, autism and sensory processing disorder. So, um, you know, I know that it can be very difficult, for instance, for a woman who tried for a natural birth and ended up having a C-section. She often feels very difficult saying that chiropractic can help with birth outcomes because they feel like, a liar because they were under chiropractic care and they ended up getting a C-section. Um, so in the pediatric population, um, I'm assuming as a chiropractor that you did everything in your power to have a gorgeous birth and a child that, you know, is typically developing because chiropractors are dipped in gold and we don't vaccinate and we don't do dyes and we don't do all this stuff and it delivers perfect children, right? This is like one of my biggest soapboxes within chiropractic because then what happens when we have a child that has ADHD? So I've talked about my daughter, Charlie, a lot. She has undiagnosed, completely diagnosed by me, mild, mm, I don't even want to call it sensory processing disorder or ADHD. She has tendencies that go that way. And I can definitely tell when she hasn't been adjusted as much. But I know when we first kind of discovered when she was four, like, huh, this isn't I I don't know that this is normal um, growth and development. It put a lot of doubts in me because I'm supposed to stand in front. I mean, I give an ADHD workshop to people like saying like I as a chiropractor can help your kid have less symptoms and so then in my head I'm like oh my gosh you know we had a perfect birth and I didn't vaccinate so like how can I stand here and say that I can help that you know so again inside our head is often a dark and crazy place I bring it up purely I hope you say like no that has nothing to do with it 
fantastic. But if it does, like there is so much um, room there for you to work through that. Uh, and there is definitely people who can help you through that and share similar stories. We just tend not to be loud because we hold a little bit of embarrassment of like, yeah, that was kind of mine. So if you feel like that's it, reach out to me. We can chat. Okay. Um, so that's kind of that whole like thing of doubting yourself. You know, you really got to figure out where is that coming from? So the second part of the definition of imposter syndrome is worried about being exposed as a fraud. And this is equally as um, much of a bombshell, mindshell, what is it? Landfield? Minefield. Oh, crap, I suck. Is <laughs> one of those things um, where walking on eggshells that is sensitive. It's really sensitive and you have to do this deep work. It would have been so much easier for me to just go back to the damn power poses thing for you. But you got to ask yourself, where is this coming from? Because here's the thing I know that you can't be exposed of. Um, you are a licensed chiropractor. So you can't be exposed as a fraud of a chiropractor. That's impossible. You have a degree. Um, so are you being authentic? Then like, what is you, what are you really worried about being exposed as? Um, are you really just worried that they're going to expose your own internal doubts and beliefs? So when you're uh, communicating with a patient or you're marketing with um, different professionals, if you think that you're not being authentic, you need to look and go, where's the incongruency? Um, whose words am I saying in a, an ROF room or a day one or on the phone? Um, whose words are you repeating and why? Because if they're not your own words or if you're using somebody else's script, but you don't know the why behind them, what's going to happen is you're going to feel super incongruent and unauthentic. And that is going to be the biggest thing that you're worried about being exposed as a fraud because you're likely just worried they're going to go like, well, why 36 visits or like, why this, you know, um, why can't you do that? And you're like, I don't know. These are just the things that I that I've been told to say. Um, so the biggest thing with that is, again, figuring out your own authentic voice now going up to before of saying like there's a good way to communicate it like look into the books and the coaching of this to figure out how to communicate your own voice in the best way but it's gotta be your why otherwise you're always gonna feel like a fraud and worry about being exposed if you don't have your principles figured out uh, which a year in is really common that we don't because our principles in the beginning are like, I need patience, I need money. Do you have a pulse? Yes, sounds good. Do you have a credit card? Even better. Come on in. And that then again creates all these incongruencies and you're trying to be a chameleon and again, you're being worried about being exposed as a fraud and not authentic. So I have to tell you, you don't want everyone who calls or walks into your office, um, even if you want to grow. And that's the thing is where some docs are like, yeah, but I want to be seeing more people than I am. Of course you do. That's okay. But that doesn't mean that you have to try and sell your clinic yourself and chiropractic to every person. You don't have to want them. Um, 
And this is something that often comes later down the road, but if you can try and master this thought process now, oh, it would be so great for you. So for instance, you mentioned that you don't, like this often happens with older men in your office. And I don't know if you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, but I tend to pick on older men uh, because they're not my favorite population either. Some of them are great, but some are just, yeah, if there's issues, that's where it tends to arise with, right? So sometimes I try and just kind of get rid of them on day one, politely, like, listen, I know they're not going to be happy. I know their expectations aren't going to be happy. I can't pretend to be something for them. I'm only going to show up authentically. They're not going to be happy. Blah, we're going to have a problem. So I try and like gently like pass them along. So sometimes they make it to day two and I'm like going into the ROF like, ugh, how am I going to get David to he won't leave. Um, like, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to come across authentically? So this is a fun, like back to that scientist experiment situation where I go in going like, mm, I don't really care if he converts because again, ultimately not because I don't care about David, but because I don't think David will be happy in our clinic. Like, I think he's looking for something different. I think what our philosophies do not align. Um, so I kind of go into that ROF like, let's try and see how this works. Like instead of doubling down in like trying to sell David and like showing up for him however he needs me to, I do the opposite of like, you know, if you're wondering, um, if you heard an ROF technique that you haven't wanted to try on your like ideal pregnant patient because you're not sure if it's gonna work, if you heard a like a close for financials that you're like, ooh, that sounds really ballsy, but I don't think I could actually say that out loud. Here's your chance. Um, because if you can identify that you care about David, but he's not like, you're not desperate to have him in your clinic, try it out and go in with that mentality of like, well, let's see if this works. Take it or leave it. Because you know what your principles are. You know who is going to align with your vision and principles in the clinic. And there are just some people, not everyone is going to align with your principles. If you have principles, values, and a mission and vision of your clinic that somehow catches every single person in the population, you did it wrong. Go back and do it again. Because there will, there will automatically be people who are alienated in that. And that's okay. That's why we have lots and lots of chiropractors who do lots and lots of different things. ladies. So I have a super awesome lady Cairo to share with you who's artistic and awesome and innovative and filling my clinics with gorgeous watercolor paintings. So Sandy Arthur is the artist behind some absolutely stunning watercolors of the musculoskeletal system and of course our favorite, the vertebrae and spine. Um, she also just came out with really cute they're so pretty uh, stickers and I can't wait to stick them all over my water bottle and my computer and anything else I can stick a sticker on. So follow at Sandy Spines on Instagram or find her Etsy store. Uh, we have a super exclusive discount code for you though. So if you enter she slays in all caps when checking out in her Etsy store to save 10%, 10% off your order, you guys, and you'll get a free sticker. 
And seriously, they're adorable. So for more information on Sandy, how to follow her, get in contact with her, her artwork, or how to use the promo code, go to sheslayspodcast.com forward slash Sandy, or just enter SHESLAYS, all caps, as your promo code when checking out on her Etsy store. So if you don't know, like, what you are worried about, um, you need to just go back to yourself. Go inside. Be honest. Find out. Find out. Do the work. Um, aligning with a mentor or a group. I know you said you were burned. Not You didn't say you were burned. You just said, like, you were with um, a management group. Uh, but found out it wasn't aligning. There are so many others. Um, there's a couple in my head that again, I think you'd benefit from, reach out to me, I can let you know. Uh, but just team up with people, team up with people who got your back and say like, no, you, you know this, but they're going to force you to be authentic, not force you to do their thing. Now, lastly, under this exposed as a fraud, there are some times that I just don't know. Um, you know, I can tell you, I had a conversation with a dentist as a new patient and he was having like uh, tingly stuff in his hand. And I kind of went into explaining what I thought was going on using like nerves and muscles, assuming like he's a dentist, he's a doctor, like he knows all this. And he was just super honest and was like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't know that. And I was like, oh, how cool that we didn't need to both, like you didn't need to show up with this ego of like, I know everything because I have doctor in front of my name. Um, we're chiropractors, and I guarantee you there are a lot of things you learned in school. Like, right, you know, we've all seen the charts. Like, we learn as much as medical doctors. Fantastic. If you don't use it, I also did 15 blood draws. Um, I would give my husband just as good of a chance at drawing blood out of somebody as I would. Just because, like, I don't know, I haven't retained that. But here's what's nice about having doctor in front of your name. Um, you are likely very good at learning and interpreting information from the internet and books really well and fast to, you know, kind of get sped up to speed, sped up to speed, <laughs> brought up to speed on it. So this is why I like in our clinic, we don't adjust on day one, 99% of the time. Um, we do that because I like to look at scans and interpret and put together like an organized care plan. But if you have a new patient, say they're pregnant and they're like, they come, they say like they have Wilson's syndrome and you're like, Hmm, Wilson syndrome. Don't be afraid to say, I'm not familiar with Wilson's syndrome. What is that? If you really can't find yourself to take, do that, which I encourage you to be honest. Um, then between when they leave, then go study up on it. By the time they come back, you better know what that is because you've looked at research, how you can help reach out to your mentors. But like, it kind of goes back to that thing of if there's any ego still saying that you should just automatically know everything, ditch that dude. Um, and ultimately, bad shit is just gonna happen even when you address this, that can take you right back to feel like doubting yourself. Um, Kind of recently, I had, uh, so I feel really good about my ROFs, um, my conversion rate and things like that. And so I got sent in at my clinic on a harder case, like I normally do. Um, 
And a lot of times the harder cases are the men. Uh, just the personalities tend to go better or worse or I don't know. Anyway, so this one was actually a mom with a son with ADHD. And I was really surprised I was being sent in because one of my docs actually sees that mom and has a good relationship. But then I'm asking, she's like, well, I'm really close with her and I don't feel like I can deliver um, objective and an objective care plan. So, and I'm like, Oh, this makes sense. Um, I'll have my associates do ROFs for like close friends and family, because I have a really hard time being like, yeah, I think your three-year-old who, you know, is, is beautiful and perfect might need a three month care plan. Like, it's just hard. I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. Please don't hate me. Still be my best friend. Um, so anyway, so I go in, I do my thing. Uh, I do not even get to my recommendations. Okay. So like I'm going over this kid's scans. Like I always do. I don't get to how much care I need at all. She cuts me off and says like, we can't do that. We'll do once a week. And I'm like completely thrown like, wait, wait a minute. What? Like usually people wait until the end to reject you. And, but she didn't even, and I'm like, what happened? Oh, okay. And so we, we kind of pivot. We handle that situation. Um, kid gets adjusted. And about an hour later, our clinic gets an email from the mom saying that that experience was absolutely horrible. She felt like I was selling her a BMW. She felt like I used her kid's case history against him. Um, and that like, oh, here's the thing that really pissed me off. She's like, I'm a therapist and I read people really well. And I can tell that that was not a like patient focused situation. I lost my shit, you guys, because anybody in my clinic, first of all, I shouldn't have to defend myself, but to you guys, but like, if anybody's about to like bear their soul for a patient and be like, you know what? It's all free. It's me, the owner. I care about the money the least in that room. My employees, they're the ones who are bonused off conversion and things like that. So like, mm. If I lose a sale, it doesn't affect my paycheck at all like this. So she did read me wrong and it shook me and I was like driving home and I'm like, you know, why are you letting this get to you? So I had to go like, okay, do I think that she's right? And I had to go like, I had to do an honest reflection. Was I going for the sale? What did I use the kids? And I honestly came with like, no. No, she wasn't right. And you know, somebody who throws in their profession, like I'm a therapist, I can read people. I had to be like, whoa, wait, does she know more about me than I do? And I was like, no, she doesn't. So I had to take some steps back, observe the thoughts of anger um, and like the anxiety and like uh, just the obsession, like replaying what she said and like replaying what I said in the room. So like kind of what you're talking about, what you do. And I had to detach myself from them because she was wrong. And I observed myself freaking out, but didn't judge myself and just thought like, okay, isn't that interesting that she was able to rock you that way? And then I did the work on myself. Because if I'm, if I stayed in the lane of like, she said, I said this, and how could I have said it different? And like, that actually doesn't move the needle far forward as you think. If she was right, then it would. Like, ooh, I should have said this differently. But if after a rejected rejection scenario, um, you're going like, no, actually, like that they were wrong. That was the right care plan for them. I stand by that. Then 
just observe it. Don't allow that to fully infiltrate you and judge and like, don't throw everything, the baby out with the bathwater. Oh my God, I said a colloquialism correctly. Um, because ultimately people are people. Um, you know, I use the example in my ROF when I do get to the point of like, we get all the way through financials and I'm talking about like, if somebody pays up front and in the state of Wisconsin, I don't know about your state, but in the state of Wisconsin, like if somebody wants a refund, you have to give a refund. And so I'm explaining that. And I say like, you know, I use the example, if you don't like the shirt I wear for why somebody might want a, a refund and they always laugh, it kind of lightens the mood, which is helpful. Um, but also it's because the absurdity of why people say no all the time. It's not that their reason is absurd. It's that it's absurd that I would be so egocentric to think it's about me 100% of the time. Most of the time, they came, they sat. The fact that they called, they already trust your expertise. If they're saying no, it has likely to do with them, their money, their time, um, but their actions, people just have their own experiences in life and how they perceive things. And it rarely does have to do with you once you've done the work. If you go through the checklist and you're like, I am being authentic. I, I do have the skills. I am communicating it well. It might not be you and you just got to be okay with it. And I'm like, some people will, some people won't. Um, who cares? Someone's waiting. That's a famous sentence somewhere in life. So speaking of a famous sentence, I want to end this podcast uh, with a quote from one of my favorite goddesses, Brene Brown. And she says, to be the person that we long to be, we must again be vulnerable. We must take off the armor, put down the weapons and show up and let ourselves be seen. I hope that this was really helpful for you. Um, I hope that one of the things that we touched on, you can identify as the root of this feeling of imposter syndrome and uh, know that this is normal. This is super normal where you're at in life. Uh, and the only way to go is to move through it and work through it. And that is how you are going to get better. So thank you everyone for listening. Please leave a review for She Slays. I might just read it. Um, let's come up with a different word besides raw though, you guys, come on. No, I'm joking, you can keep doing that. Um, unless you didn't like this podcast, then don't review it. Um, send in a question. If your question is simple and easy, we might just answer it right away in the beginning of our next episode. So until next week, bye She Slayers. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office.
Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCAD because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.